Hey, listeners, so I've got a treat for you today. Unfortunately, no Vanessa. We had recording difficulties and with the holidays, it just didn't happen. But I have a special guest for you that I think you'll love. Mm, well, maybe tolerate would be a better word. You'll find out after the intro. Welcome to Fireproof Your Finances, a show with 30 minutes of real questions, real concepts, and real answers. Your hosts are Michael and Vanessa Markey, a husband and wife duo with a playful on-air dynamic and common sense approach toward teaching listeners how to take control of their finances. Michael is the numbers and strategies guy who is passionate about solving financial issues. The standard deviation, I mean, I would talk about standard deviation as well, but they talk about the, the beta, the alpha, the standard deviation of the particular uh, mutual fund allocation that we're looking at. Vanessa is the down-to-earth voice of reason, pulling his reins in. Okay, but your $5,000 couch isn't going to turn around and pay for something if you have a catastrophic event. This philosophy has led Michael to receive national recognition from being named one of the 10 most innovative agencies in the country by AM Best, to being deemed a local celebrity from Insurance Newsnet magazine and a hero to the insurance industry from Life Health Pro. He has even been given the Moving America Forward Award from William Shatner. And now, here are your hosts, Michael and Vanessa Markey. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Fireproof Your Finances. I am your host, Michael Markey. With me today is not Vanessa, but somebody else. Very special. And I don't mean special as in short bus special. I mean special as in, well, fun to be with. And I think you'll find him fun as well. We've got our oldest in the studio with us today. He's been on the sidelines in the past. He's had to watch his younger sister be on the show before him. How'd that make you feel? It was okay. It was all right. You know, after she was on that show, uh, our studio used to be, we moved it to the house. So we're at the house right now. We record at home, but it used to be at our office building in Norton Shores. And so we taped the show. We got into the car and this will remind you totally of your sister. We get in the car and guess what she does? She folds her arms up over her chest. She goes, so, mom, dad, we're like, oh no, what? When do we get to listen to my show? And we're like, no, not your show, our show that you happen to have been on. Can you see your sister doing that? Totally. So when most people listen to this show, there'll be some listening, I think, on Thanksgiving Day. A lot of you will be listening on Saturday, which is awesome because when this show airs on Saturday, it will air before the Michigan game, the Michigan-Ohio State game. And I am predicting right now for everyone to hear, which isn't really clairvoyant since I've done this now for at least two years in a row, and I was horribly proved wrong last year. But I think Michigan comes out with the win. I really do. I think we've got a great shot. We're, as Jim Harbaugh says, ascending. But I'm not going to bore everyone with talk about Michigan football, except I've got something kind of interesting. So you and I were talking about earlier that the coaches at Ohio State won't even use a word. What word is that? Michigan. So there's a coach... Now, here's how funny this is. 
There's a coach. His name is Greg Madison. Have you heard of him before? No. He used to be a coach at Michigan, and he was here forever. He's like 70-something years old now. He was here a long, long time, and he defected. He joined the team at Ohio State. So I've got a question. They won't even use the word Michigan. So if he puts his resume out there, do you know what I mean when I say resume? That's like uh, list all the jobs you've had. So he was a defensive coordinator, an assistant coach at the University of Michigan for like off and on, I think, 20 years. So if he applies for another job and he can't use the word Michigan, what's he put on his resume? The University of the School Up North? (laughs) That might hurt him a little bit. So we're going to do a show today, not on football, maybe not so much even on finance, but on giving thanks. Since so many people are going to listen to this uh, on Thanksgiving, around Thanksgiving, and I guess before we jump in there, I, you know, I, I do this, I suppose, Vanessa always tells me, every time you tell people how grateful you are, they listen. I, I truly am, but her and I were talking about something, and there's a show, well, let me back up. We were talking about what an amazing opportunity this is, and it, almost selfishly, because we get to do this show with people every week, and for some reason, you guys tune in, and some reason, you guys listen. We're not completely sure why, but you know, it's going to create like a audio journal of for however many years that we get to do this together. I think her and I have been doing it now probably two years. Almost pretty much very close to every week for two years. And so it's going to be like this audio journal of our growth, I guess, and be able to look back and see what you thought, what you said, how right or how wrong you were on certain things. And it reminds me of a show called The Office. Have you ever seen The Office? Yeah, when I was little with you. <laughs> I think it was appropriate. But we, mom and I have listened or watched that show probably three or four times from beginning to end, like every, um, every episode. I don't know why we just, we like it. And there's these characters on there named Jim and Pam. And, um, it's, the show is shot in a documentary form, meaning, um, it like documents, um, trying to think how to describe, well, if you're listening, you know what a documentary is, so let's not waste time. But it's shot in documentary form, and at the end, they come out of character, and one of the last scenes is Jim taking off the microphone for the last time, the cameraman's in the shot, and they're just like, man, I guess it's over, and he and he says, you know, and he's got a tear in his eye, he goes, I have to thank you guys, and, he, and they said, what? He goes, you know, we have a video, you know, record of, and they when they met each other, one was dating one and somebody else. And it seemed like at the beginning, every time one was interested in the other, they didn't, it was always the bad time. And then next thing you know, everything comes together at the right time. They get married, have kids. And he's like, we get this video evidence, this video timeline of our story. He goes, I could never thank you guys enough for that. And so I guess I'm thinking everyone right now listening that we kind of get that same thing, an audio timeline, an audio journal of uh, successes and failures and and um, good times and bad times. And so I thank everyone for that. So moving on, we're going to, you and I picked out some, we picked out some movie clips, mm-hmm. things to be thankful for. I also think we're going to share with you, 
or prove to you, I should say. We are going to share with you, but I think we're going to prove to you that people aren't as far apart from each other as what the news makes us feel like we are, what maybe politicians make us think we are, what Twitter or Facebook would like us to think we are. I mean, think about it before we take a break. When you look at your class, how many of your fellow classmates, I mean, there's all of what, like five of you in a class now? Six. (laughs) I was trying to be facetious, but yeah, six. On the bright side, like I joked when your class size got that much smaller, you just went from a bench player on the basketball team to a starter. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Through attrition. But, all right, you've got six kids in your class. How many of them are Republicans? All of them, sure. How many of them are Democrats? I don't know. You guys don't talk about it, do you? No. And why would you? Does it actually matter? No. Hmm. We're all the same. Exactly. You know, and that's hard for a lot of people to hear. But let's take our first break and uh, let's come back to that when we come back. Everyone knows I like to focus on quality. And they know I try to rein you in and focus on cost. It's rare to find both top quality and low cost at the same time. Think again. GRMusicLessons.com has a plan for every budget. Owned and operated by Tom Buffum, a Christian music teacher who played for the Grand Rapids Symphony, the Jubal Brass Choir, and graduated from the University of Michigan. He's been giving lessons since before we were born. Go to GRMusicLessons.com. That's GRMusicLessons.com. Michael. What? Just because we don't have a car payment doesn't mean that you get to go on eBay and buy whatever you want because it was a good deal. All right. So a lot of our listeners know I probably have a problem when it comes to vehicles. We have old classics, even some new classics. We got UNX limo. We even have a fire truck. How do you find a place that can do everything? All those different type of vehicles, transmissions, oil changes, little repairs, big repairs. It's pretty hard. I've been taking all of our cars to Global Auto Works in Grand Haven for at least the last five years. And Mike asks the hard questions that nobody seems to be able to answer, so if he can trust them, so can you. If you're having car trouble, go to Global Auto Works. Their phone number is 616-499-4451. That's 616-499-4451. Say Mike and Vanessa sent you. Their number is 616-499-4451. 499-4451. Welcome back, everyone, to the second segment of Fireproof Your Finances. Remember, you can join us. You can connect with us on Twitter. Yes, we have a Twitter. It's at Fireproof Show. And that being said, don't connect with me on Twitter and start tweeting me stuff at Fireproof Show. <laughs> I'm not talking to you listening. I'm talking to the person I'm looking at in studio <laughs> right now. Don't tweet me about... Something. I don't know. Or do tweet me. We'll see. I don't know if I can. Can you delete tweets? I don't know. Good. That's right. You don't know. Let's keep it that way. No <laughs> social media. So before the break, I asked you a question. How many are, you, you go to a small school. You don't need to name it. Um, how many kids are in your class? Six. Does that include you or six on top um, in addition to you? And six including me. Okay. So, number one, as we joked, uh, that guarantees you a starting position on the basketball team. Mm-hmm. A. B, how many of your fellow classmates are Democrats? I don't know. How many are Republicans? I don't know. Does it matter? 
No. It doesn't, does it? So here's the concept, right? We get in fights right now as a country right now, okay? One of the things that uh, Mom and I were, or Vanessa and I, were watching the Democratic debates here recently, and we always joke that there's nothing more frustrating than watching the Democratic debate than watching the Republican debate. They're all the same. They all they never answer the questions. But there was something that was thrown up there. And the example was that um, we should make it law. The government should require all employers to give um, parents, or probably specifically mothers, six months of leave time after baby's born. Because babies having that six months time with their mom early on in life, um, it's better for everyone. It's better for the child. It's better for the mom. And this is where I don't think anyone were that different. I mean, take away people that are on the far left, far right. But I think 80% of the people are really, really similar. Like, do you think if, and I know you're not real into politics, nor should you be. How many people do you think would argue with that to say that a, a mom being with their child, um, you know, more, uh, the mom being with the child more would be a bad thing? Do you think anyone with a political bias would say, I think it's better for the child never to see their mother? No. Like, I think it'd be better for the child to be raised by wolves. Did you see what happened to Tarzan? Although Tarzan wasn't wolves, was it? No. Anyway. I don't think so. <laughs> Do you think anyone argues with that? Everyone no. would agree, right? Mm-hmm. Here's, but you've gotten to watch myself run a company and mom run a company. Um, what would happen... You know, we talk up in this country a lot, by the way, about um, gender inequality, that uh, a lot of times women aren't paid the same as men, or maybe younger people are um, sometimes discounted, right? But if you, can you imagine, everyone, listeners know mom works or runs um, City Class there in Grand, ha- Grand Haven, Grand Haven, 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 Grand Haven, now I sound like I'm from Minnesota, <laughs> But, so mom runs uh, City Glass, small employer, right? They've got, how many people do they have working in the back shop, like in the admin area, office space? Like three or four? Yeah, I think four. And then maybe another five, six behind, like, fabbing stuff up and cutting glass and that sort of thing, right? Mm-hmm. If, if they needed another person to help with the computers and putting customer orders in and answering phones and all that, if somebody was at the age, and we and we get it, people, there are some people who are going to be 50 years old and have a child, and some that are going to be like 15, not you, not anybody you know, and don't ever let it happen, that will have a child. <laughs> but most people are kind of in a specific age range. Is that fair to say? I think so. Maybe some, we'll get some angry tweets on that, maybe. I don't know. But if you were looking for somebody... And they came in and they were in that range of which you thought they were uh, likely to have children. As an employer, I can't say, so how many children do you have and how many more do you think you want? You can't ask those questions. But do you think it would make them less desirable or less hireable if you thought, hey, you might be here for a year and then you're going to be gone for six months. And then you might have another child a year later and then be gone another six months. Like in the next two or three years, you might have an entire year off. And by the way, during that six-month period where they're off, we have to pay them just like they were working. Do you think that'd make it harder to hire people like that? Yeah. 
I mean, how would that affect a business like Vanessa, like moms? She'd probably go out of business. I don't know. They'd go out of business, but if they they wouldn't hire somebody unless they needed somebody, right? Mm-hmm. And if they needed somebody, do they need them just here and there, or they need them? Need them? They need them today, tomorrow, and next day too, right? Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, that six month period where they weren't there, that put a big strain on the business. And they'd still have to pay that person. So that'd put a strain on the business. And so this is where I think people are closer than what we realize. See, while I think almost everyone would agree that that's better for the mom to be with the child, that's better for the child to be with the child. But if the government forces employers to do that, then employers will adapt. Employers like me, employers like City Glass, maybe I shouldn't call mom, my father and mom might get mad, but whatever. Employers like that, these small businesses, are they really going to be able to afford to hire somebody that they think is likely to have two or three children in the next three or four years? It'd make it a lot harder, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. That's not us putting politics. That's just simple math. If you're going to be gone every year and a half for six months at a time and I still have to pay you, I don't know that I can financially do it because number one, I'm still paying you. And number two, I need you here. So I need you here and I'm paying you. And I need you here to process business to help us make money. So I'm not making that money and I'm paying you. It's a double whammy. Do you get it? Yeah. And, but I don't think it's a Republican talking point. We we think children would be better off raised by wolves. Instead, I think the difference is, and I, and I, I so I heard this on the debate and my first thought was that's kind of cool. And then my second thought was, wow, if the government forced that, that would expand the gender inequality because small employers may not hire as many. Um, boy, this is going to sound like Joe Biden maleism. I don't think you get that, but you don't need to. Like Fred Flintstone type of maleism, like mm-hmm. women of childbearing years. It's like something you probably shouldn't say, but I just said it. So it's out there. <laughs> but it would make it harder for employers to employ those people. Which therefore they would either not employ them or employ them less, or I'm sorry, or pay them less, which further divides that difference, which is the exact thing it's trying to undo. And then the number three thing I thought, and then Vanessa and mom and I started talking about it. I keep acting like that's two people, same person. It's just weird for me to say Vanessa and I to you. It was, what if the government came up with a plan that incentivized small business? Incentivized means gives us compensation or made it um, more possible, made it so that they wanted to do that. Maybe a tax break or a health insurance break or I don't know. But if you did that, if you put in structure or rules to encourage it rather than force it, how much better would it work? I mean, if, if we make it to where it's fun and this is going to sound kind of lame, but if, if we made it towards more fun to do chores like vacuuming or cleaning or add some type of incentive to it, like if you get this done, you get candy, or you get this done, we're going to go do this, or you get this done, we can go have fun, whatever it may be. Isn't that a lot more appealing than if you just say you've got 15 minutes and you have to go get this done? Mm-hmm. Isn't it human nature to want to, the moment somebody tells you you have to do something, to not want to do it? Or is that just a child nature? Because I get that feeling. No, it's the same. 
So I don't think, you know, and let's go to wages. So the the maternity time kind of talks about wages, but this whole thing that we need a living wage. Do you really, I don't really think, you know, if I let's just use $9 an hour, I don't really think that Republicans are sitting there going $9 an hour, 2,000 hours a year, it's 18 grand, husband and wife work, 36 grand, you can make a good living on 36 grand. Is that really what we think is going on? That we got half the country saying people will be fine with thirty six grand. Just deal with it. But you got the other half saying, "Well, no, we got to pay them a minimum wage, a, a working wage." But here's what happens: you, you and mo- mom and your brothers and sisters, you guys went to McDonald's here um, uh, during football, I think it was, and during the that conference thing. And the when you guys went to one of the McDonald's uh, in there, there instead of going to like to the front and ordering through a person. Do you remember this? Mm-hmm. You guys ordered through what? Like a kiosk. Like an iPad looking thing, right? Mm-hmm. Now, why do you think those exist? Because humans are getting too expensive. Well, and by the way, if you're listening, I guess you are listening to this. That's how you hear me talking. <laughs> but if you're listening to this, we didn't pre-plan this. We didn't talk. Did we talk about this before? No, it was just get on the show and let's do this. Yeah, because, again, we had technical difficulties with the pre-recorded one earlier. The thing is, though, I think you're right and, and mostly right. I don't think McDonald's is building these kiosks because employees right now are too expensive. I think they're building them with the thought that what happens if that becomes too expensive? What happens if all of a sudden we have to pay somebody to flip fries 20 bucks an hour? Technology takes people's place when that happens you've seen it in not you but we've seen it as a country in manufacturing we've seen it in a lot of areas the best way to increase somebody's wages is to increase the demand for their time not by putting some artificial minimum let's take our last break we got to take a quick break and then we'll be right back everyone knows i like to focus on quality and they know i try to rein you in and focus on cost it's rare to find both top quality and low cost at the same time Think again, grmusiclessons.com has a plan for every budget. Owned and operated by Tom Buffum, a Christian music teacher who played for the Grand Rapids Symphony, the Jubal Brass Choir, and graduated from the University of Michigan. He's been giving lessons since before we were born. Go to grmusiclessons.com. That's grmusiclessons.com. Do you feel prepared for retirement? Michael Markey from Legacy Financial Network works to help people navigate the uncertainties of retirement strategies. If you'd like help understanding complex topics like social security, tax deferral, or growing your nest egg, visit his website at LegacyFinancialNetwork.com or give his office a call at 855-LF-NETWORK. Again, that's 855-LF-NETWORK or online at LegacyFinancialNetwork.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the final segment of Fireproof Your Finances. So today we've got our special host, our oldest here in studio with us. And what is your favorite holiday? We said today is about giving thanks. What's your favorite holiday movie? Home Alone. You and I were watching Home Alone the other day. And there's a scene where Kevin McAllister, McAllister, Mm -hmm. He it's right before when the burglars, the wet bandits, try to break in the house. And he goes into the church. And he runs into the serial killer neighbor, right? Mm-hmm. Which isn't really a ser- serial killer. And I love this line. We're going to pick it up 
Um, the neighbor just sat down next to Kevin, who's I think eight years old, and basically said, hey, when you see me, you can wave. I'm not that scary. I'm kind of upset about it because I really like my family. Even though sometimes I say I don't. Sometimes I even think I don't. Do you get that? I think so. How you feel about your family is a complicated thing. Especially with an older brother. Deep down, you always love them. But you can forget that you love them. And you can hurt them and they can hurt you. And that's not just because you're young. You know her? No. I loved that part. Because, you know, you can have differences with your brother and you absolutely have differences with your sister. All the time. <laughs> and you know something? That's never going to change. Yeah. Sorry to tell you. But here's the thing. We act like we've talked about wage discrepancy and what will happen if we add technology or we increase wages and technology suddenly becomes cheaper and displaces jobs it always has and i think that will continue to happen we've talked about um maternity leave and how that would make it in my opinion harder for small employers that doesn't mean that employers don't want to do those things but it means maybe instead of saying we have to to put things in place that make it easier to do so but here's the thing, as we so often, especially around the holidays, we bring up politics and suddenly Thanksgiving dinner becomes your podium to bring up your political bullet points. I mean, I like Sean Hannity, but Sean Hannity has a brochure out right now, this like white paper thing about things you can use at the holidays to prove your political points. It's not what holidays are for. But as you think that we're so far on one side or another side, I think of something uh, a therapist that we've gone to in the past and you can judge us. Ooh, they go to therapy, whatever. Huh. Helps you talk and communicate. But we go to a guy named Dr. L, don't we? Mm-hmm. And Dr. L has told us something and I, we were talking about it in the break. What was that? Uh, Something. You're good. <laughs> You're great. <laughs> Confirm what they're saying. So... I think of the, like, if you get into a, a debate this holiday season about a living wage, if you're on the, de- dem- if you're a Democrat, I want you to ask this Republican family member, this Republican friend, just confirm what they're saying. Say, are you telling me that you believe people can live on $18,000 a year and that's all they need? And then if they just got rid of cable or got rid of cigarettes or got rid of vaping or got rid of mama juice, I don't know. Stopped leasing a car. <laughs> that they'd be fine. And I think we'll get an interesting answer. Now, if you're a Republican and you're arguing with your Democratic neighbor, friend, family member, whoever, future sister-in-law, fiance, I don't know. Fill in the blank. Then ask him this. Same question. Just from the other standpoint, confirm what they're saying. Betty, are you telling me that you think the person who flips fries at McDonald's should be able to support a family? Are you telling me that the person who wraps up your fish fillet meal should be able to put their kids through college on that employment? 
I don't think anyone's going to go, yeah, I think that's a very honorable job, and we should all strive to be the fish fillet wrapper. No. I think you'll find that you're actually on the same side. You might just differ on how we get there. But when you both talk, stop talking about the problem and start talking about your solutions together, you'll come up with a lot better ideas, a lot more ideas. So I'm going to end it on this, my favorite thing around Thanksgiving time, and that is something you didn't find funny at all. Nope. I don't see how. Adam Sandler's a hoot. But I guess this is our generational differences already being shown. It's Adam Sandler's Thanksgiving song. We'll jump in about a minute in, and we'll let him take us out. For me, Whoop, wait, wait turkey for you. Let's eat the turkey in my big brown shoe. Love to eat the turkey at the table. I once saw a movie with Betty Grable. Eat that turkey all night long. 50 million Elvis fans can't be wrong. Am I the only one who finds this funny? Turkey lurkey do and turkey lurkey dap. <laughs> I eat that turkey, then I take a nap. Still nothing? On that note, this has been another episode of Fireproof Your Finances. We are your hosts. God bless. This has been Fireproof Your Finances with Michael and Vanessa Markey. Want to listen to past shows or get in touch with Michael or Vanessa? Head over to twitter.com slash fireproofshow or go to fireproofradio.net. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Mike Markey and Legacy Financial Network are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency.